Environment Today is a podcast about the current state of our planet's environment and ways to contribute to the health and prosperity of our ecosystem. Content presented by Amy and James Sharp. I'm James Sharp. And I'm Amy Sharp. All information being discussed from today's report is from the 2019 refinement to the 2006 IPCC Guidelines for National Greenhouse Gas Inventories Report. It was prepared by the Task Force on National Greenhouse Gas Inventories, TFI, in accordance with the decision taken at the 44th session of IPCC in Bangkok, Thailand in October 2016. IPCC panel adoption and acceptance of this report occurred in May 2019. Environment Today's podcast will bring this and other current scientific reports on our environment to you every two weeks, putting these details into layman's terms as much as possible. You will receive a great deal more information than you would hear or read in short blurbs of daily news briefings. We want to bring you all the key facts in detail and then provide real-life solutions that you can implement after hearing the facts of each report. The original 2006 IPCC Guidelines for National Greenhouse Gas Inventories report provides a technically sound methodological basis of national greenhouse gas inventories, and therefore fundamental revision is unnecessary. However, To maintain the scientific validity of the 2006 IPCC guidelines, certain refinements may be required, taking into account scientific and other technical advances that have matured sufficiently since 2006. The overall aim of this 2019 refinement report is to provide an updated and sound scientific basis for supporting the preparation and continuous improvement of national greenhouse gas inventories. The 2019 refinement will not revise the 2006 IPCC guidelines, but update, supplement, and or elaborate the 2006 IPCC guidelines where gaps or out-of-date science have been identified. It will not replace the 2006 IPCC guidelines it should be used in conjunction with the 2006 IPCC guidelines. From this report, there were 328 nominations received from governments, observer organizations, and bureau members. 190 experts were selected as authors and review editors in accordance with the principles governing IPCC work. The latest list of authors and review editors for this report is available at ipcc.ch. Chapter 1. An Introduction to the National Greenhouse Gas Inventories Concepts Inventories rely on a few key concepts for which there is a common understanding. These concepts are the guidelines used among participating countries concerning what is actually being measured and the parameters involving those measurements. Concept 1. Anthropogenic Emissions and Removals 
anthropogenic emissions and removals means that greenhouse gas emissions and removals included in national inventories are a result of human activities. The distinction between natural and anthropogenic emissions and removals follows straightforwardly from the data used to quantify human activity. The terms sink and source are used often in this report. A sink is any process, activity, or mechanism which removes a greenhouse gas, an aerosol, or a precursor of a greenhouse gas from the atmosphere. A source is any process or activity which releases a greenhouse gas, an aerosol, or a precursor of a greenhouse gas into the atmosphere. Concept 2. Treatment of CO2, CH4, and N2O emissions from combustion of biomass or biomass-based products. The overall IPCC approach to greenhouse gas emissions from combustion of biomass or biomass-based products, for example ethanol, at the national level allows for complete coverage of emissions and removals and involves all IPCC sectors. However, these measurements of carbon dioxide or CO2 emissions from the combustion of biomass or biomass-based products are captured and reported within the CO2 emissions of the agriculture, forestry, and other land use, or the AFOLU sector, through the estimated changes in carbon stocks. Even in cases where the emissions physically take place in other sectors, for example, biomass harvesting in the energy or waste sectors, that data is reported in only the AFOLU sector for the pragmatic reason to avoid double counting. Conversely, CH4 and N2O emissions from the biogenic part of the energy and waste sectors are estimated and included in those specific sectors, respectively. Concept 3. National Territory National inventories include greenhouse gas emissions and removals taking place within national territory and offshore areas over which the country has jurisdiction. For example, Emissions from fuel use in road transport are included in the emissions of the country where the fuel is sold and not where the vehicle is driven, as fuel sales statistics are widely available and usually much more accurate. Concept 4. Inventory Year and Time Series National inventories contain estimates for the calendar year during which the emissions to or removals from the atmosphere occur. Where suitable data to follow this principle are missing, emissions or removals may be estimated using data from other years, applying appropriate methods such as averaging, interpolation, and extrapolation. A sequence of annual greenhouse gas inventory estimates, for example, each year from 1990 to 2000, is called a time series. Because of the importance of tracking emission trends over time, 
countries should ensure that a time series of estimates is as consistent as possible. Concept 5. Greenhouse gases included are gases for which global warming potential, GWP, values are given. The main greenhouse gases included are carbon dioxide, or CO2, methane, or CH4, nitrous oxide, or N2O, and hydrofluorocarbons. Concept 6. Other Gases Emissions of the ozone precursors nitrogen oxide, or NOx, non-methane volatile organic compounds, or NMVOC, and carbon monoxide, or CO, and the aerosol precursors sulfur dioxide, or SO2, and ammonia, or NH3, should be reported in the appropriate tables if the country has prepared an inventory of these gases. Concept 7. Sectors and Categories Greenhouse gas emission and removal estimates are divided into main sectors, which are groupings of related processes, sources, and sinks. They are energy, industrial processes and product use, or IPPU, agriculture, forestry, and other land use, or AFOLU, waste, and other, such as indirect emissions from nitrogen deposition from non-agriculture sources. Each sector comprises individual categories, for example, transport, and subcategories, for example, cars. A national total is calculated by summing up emissions and removals for each gas. An exception is emissions from fuel use in ships and aircraft engaged in international transport, which is not included in national totals, but is reported separately. Reporting is generally organized according to the sector actually generating emissions or removals. There are some exceptions to this practice, such as CO2 emissions from biomass combustion, which are reported in the AFOLU sector as part of the net changes in carbon stocks. Where CO2 emissions are captured from industrial processes or large combustion sources, emissions should be allocated to the sector generating the CO2 unless it can be shown that the CO2 is stored in properly monitored geological storage sites. Chapter 2. Data Collection Methods Data collection is a key part of the national inventory arrangements a country puts into place to regularly estimate and report greenhouse gas emissions and removals. Data collection procedures include finding and processing existing data, as well as generating new data by surveys or measurement campaigns. During the data collection for the greenhouse gas inventory, interactions between the inventory compilers and stakeholders will take place. These interactions may be the most time-consuming part of the emission inventory compilation 
process, even when much of the data may be freely available via the internet. A network of data providers will need to provide information on an annual basis. This network may include national statistical agencies, ministries, international organizations, academia, economic sectors such as industries, trade, transport, service sector, and others depending on national circumstances. Other activities related to data collection include maintaining data flows, improving estimates, generating estimates for new categories, and or replacing existing data sources when those currently used are no longer available. New data collection procedures include Number 1. Start new inventory based on earlier inventories. Number 2. Collect data from previously identified sources, assess this data for its continuing quality, and, if needed, transform data into a form suitable for inventory use. Perform quality control checks. Number three, check if there is new information from sources or sinks. If this improves estimates, then replace old data sources. Number four, identify key categories. Establish any new data collection for key categories, collect and, if needed, transform data. Perform quality control checks. Number five, perform quality analysis checks. Number six, use data in estimation of greenhouse gas emissions and removals. Number seven, document data collection, including data used, any transformation made, data agreements, results of quality control, and contacts made. Number eight, archive all data collected, decisions made, and contacts used. Number nine, repeat this process each time data collection procedures are used. Chapter three, an overview of uncertainty analysis. Uncertainty assessment is an important part of the effort of compiling an inventory of anthropogenic emissions and removals of greenhouse gases and to understand changes over time. In the context of national greenhouse gas inventories, the purpose of the uncertainty assessment process is to qualitatively and quantitatively understand and document the causes of uncertainty in individual estimates and overall totals. The outputs of this process capture both accuracy and precision. For every value reported in an inventory, there will exist an associated uncertainty. Uncertainty assessment is a useful tool for inventory improvement. The process of producing an uncertainty assessment can pragmatically be divided into four parts. One, the process starts with the rigorous investigation of the likely causes of data uncertainty. Two, then the development of quantitative uncertainty estimates and parameter correlations are made. Three, those estimates are then part of a mathematical combination used as inputs to a statistical model. And lastly, four, an improvement plan is created to take in response to the results of the previous three parts. 
the improvement plan will investigate ways to reduce biases that have been identified and ways to enhance precision for key categories that have a large presence in the data collection process. Chapter 4, Methodology Choices and Classification of Key Categories. categories are inventory categories which individually or as a group of categories are prioritized within the National Inventory System because their estimates have a significant influence on a country's total inventory of greenhouse gases in terms of the absolute level, the trend, or the level of uncertainty in emissions or removals. Whenever the term key category is used, it includes both source and sink categories. Key category analysis will help identifying the priority categories for which methods, activity data, emission factors, and other parameters should be considered for regular update, more rigorously checked and reviewed, and where necessary or possible, improve accuracy and reduce overall uncertainty. Level the measure of a level of emissions or removals from a particular year of interest. Trend. The purpose of the trend assessment is to identify categories that may not be large enough to be identified by the level assessment, but whose trend contributes significantly to the trend of the overall inventory and should therefore receive particular attention. Uncertainty. If a category's contribution to the greenhouse gas inventory, total or trend uncertainty is high for relevant years or year spans, then the category should be identified as a key category. There are two approaches used in this methodology. Approach one is where key category analysis is done without incorporating uncertainties. Approach two includes the information from approach one with uncertainties included. Approach one to identify key categories assesses the influence of various categories of sources and sinks on the level and possibly the trend of the National Greenhouse Gas Inventory. When the inventory estimates are available for several years, it is good practice to assess the contribution of each category to both the level and trend of the National Inventory. If only a single year's inventory is available, a level assessment should be performed. If the trend assessment is able to be utilized, they should be sorted in categories by magnitude, highest to lowest, of their contribution to the trend, regardless whether category trend is increasing or decreasing, or a category is a sink or source. Categories whose cumulative percentage contribution is greater than 95% should be identified as a key category. Some examples of key categories include forest land remaining forest land, road transportation, diesel oil, road transportation, motor gasoline, cropland remaining cropland, land converted to cropland, harvested wood products, direct soil emissions, iron and steel production, refrigeration and air conditioning, to name some of the key categories. 
The terms, methods, and measurements that have been discussed in the first four chapters of this 2019 refinement to the 2006 IPCC Guidelines for National Greenhouse Gas Inventories Report are provided to enhance our overall knowledge and understanding of the environmental concerns and processes that are being used and refined by all participating countries. What is one thing that I can do today that will help the environment? How many of us have heard the term paper or plastic when shopping at the grocery store? It's always been easy to make our choice, take our bags of groceries and go. While this may take some getting used to, consider the change to reusable bags for your grocery bags. What are some of the facts that I should know about paper and plastic bags? According to reusethisbag.com, the average American goes through six shopping bags per week. With a population of roughly 300 million, that means 1.8 billion bags are used and discarded in America every week. A plastic bag can take from 15 to 1,000 years to break down, depending on the environment. These plastic bags don't biodegrade, they break down through photodegradation. When photodegradation happens, which is decomposition through exposure to light, the bag breaks down into small toxic particles. Plastic bags make up more than 10% of washed up debris that pollutes the U.S. coastline. An estimated 1 million birds, 100,000 turtles, and countless other sea animals die each year from ingesting plastic. The animal confuses floating bags and plastic particles for edible sea life such as jellyfish and plankton. Once ingested, the plastic blocks the digestive tract and the animal starves to death. Other animals drown after becoming entangled in plastic waste. Since the cost to recycle plastic bags outweighs their value, most recycling facilities will not take them. Instead of being recycled, they're thrown out with the rest of the trash. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, which has been collecting plastic bag statistics for more than a decade, roughly 2% of plastic bags are recycled in the United States. After hearing about plastic, do you think using paper bags is better? Unfortunately, paper bags have many drawbacks as well. The U.S. cuts down 14 million trees a year to supply the raw material to make paper shopping bags. It takes 13% more energy to make a single paper bag than to make two plastic bags. Paper bag production involves the use of chemicals in high temperatures, and it releases toxins into the atmosphere at nearly the same rate as plastic bag production. And paper bags weigh almost 10 times as much as plastic ones, meaning that more fuel is required to ship them to stores. Despite being highly recyclable, only 20% of paper bags end up being recycled, while the rest share a fate with their plastic counterpart. The best option for our environment are reusable grocery bags with reusable cloth bags providing some of the best benefits. 
They come in a wide variety of stylish shapes and prints and can be customized and imprinted with logos and designs and used over and over. They are much more reliable for carrying groceries without breaking and can usually hold a great deal more than the plastic or paper counterparts from the grocery store. Some grocery stores offer discounts to customers who bring reusable bags, which creates even more of an incentive. If every person in New York City used one less grocery bag, it would cut waste by 5 million pounds and save $250,000 in disposal costs. The average reusable bag has a lifespan equal to that of more than 700 disposable plastic bags. One person using reusable bags over their lifetime would remove more than 22,000 plastic bags from the environment. As you can see, make this one change today and you will make an impact on our environment. Thank you for listening to our Environment Today podcast, and we hope you found the information from this 2019 IPCC report useful. Please stay tuned in two weeks to our continuation of this report, where we will cover the remaining chapters five through eight. We look forward to sharing more then on the environment today.